and welcome to Comic Talkers, with comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. I'm William. I love your squill there, Will. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and so today we are bringing one of two book clubs um, for Thor month, and we are joined by two great guests. Um, first off, you know him's Comic Scout on TikTok. Please welcome back to the podcast, Fred. How is it going, Fred? Oh, it's going. I can't wait to get into this. <laughs> no, you've been talking about it since we told you about this and you got mad at us when we told you there's more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read the first five issues. Uh, you know, I was totally engrossed because uh, Thor is not my go-to book. You know, I'm a big X-Men fan. I love anything X. When Thor shows up in those books, it's always nice to see him. Uh, I wouldn't think to go, hey, let's go grab this Thor book and read it. I read through it. I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's how the fifth issue ends so yeah we got some stuff to talk about and also welcome back to the podcast from the pulling bees podcast elmer how's it going elmer all right doing great it's good to be back on to talk about a great comic so usually when we do our book clubs we go scene by scene kind of give you a rundown from each issue today we're going to do things a little differently we're going to talk about some major events in each issue instead of going into full depth what happens um, of course we'll go in order of things that happen and what was it? And we'll go to the end. No, we're going to actually do a Quentin Tarantino, though, this time. We're actually going to start with episodes, the issue six. We kind of give you now, mind you, the book that we're doing is Thor the God Butcher. So in this series alone, um, it's written by Jason Aaron. Artist is Asad Ribic. Um, there's only five issues. The sixth issue does come in the book called The God Bomb. We're not covering The God Bomb, but we figure we need to bring up Gore the God Butcher for the fact being this is the major villain in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, but we do want to advise before we get started, um, some things that we will talk about will not be suitable for kids. Um, so parents, if you don't want kids to listen, please turn off the podcast. Um, we are letting you know there is viewer discretion as advice. Um, but first, I'm actually going to turn it over to Mr. Elmer. Elmer, I know you're a huge fan of this book. So yes, I'm going to have you explain Boar's backstory a little bit before we go into the story. All right. I'm not going to give too much away for the people that want to read it in the comic book, but it's pretty much the book of job, but with Boar <laughs> instead, instead of job. It's pretty much we're introduced to him in his home planet. He has a family. Everything's going great. But all these misfortunes start to happen, start piling up. There's a drought. There's no food. And, you know, all this time, Gore is praying to his God for some relief for all these tragedies that are happening on his home world. Most of the populations are, is, are dying off. Uh, like I said, no food, anything like that. So after a while, nothing's happening. It's pretty much everybody's dying around Gore. And he's just frustrated that nobody's answering his prayers. So when it was just his wife and his daughter, I believe it was just his wife, his daughter that were dying. He just gave one last prayer like you know please, you know, some, somebody do something, help us. So it's like Job going through his trials in the Bible, but instead of God, you know, rewarding him after he tested him, there was nothing from Gore's God at all. So his, his family dies. He's all by himself on his planet. Then one day these two gods that were fighting each other crash land on his planet. One is dead, one's still alive. The one that, that's still alive has a, the necro sword which is, uh, I'm not sure, it's, co it's connected to Noel, no, the, mm -hmm. the, the Noel character from Venom. 
I believe that was his sword or his God yeah. <laughs> or whoever it was. I haven't read God Bomb in a while, so mm -hmm. not too sure where the sword came from, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's from Noel. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like dying near death, asking Gore for help. And Gore just gets enraged and he's like, where were you when my family, like we're on planet was dying, my family died. And, you know, he just grabs the sword and kills off the God. And that's when it becomes God, the God, Gore, the God Butcher. <laughs> That would be a creepy god, the god, the god butcher. <laughs> yeah, the god, the god butcher. <laughs> but, there was a great scene in the story, too, when uh, one of the gods he killed asked him if he was a god, and he let Thor know that like, he took his time with that one. <laughs> like, it, now, I want to ask the question before we really get in. I know we've talked about this before. Do you feel, when it does come gore, god butcher, do you feel sympathetic towards him? Do you feel like you can relate to him in some ways? Or do you feel like, you know, he could have went about it a different way? I guess is a good I know it, but, you're <laughs> angered. I understand that. And I think that's yeah. what sets him up to be one of the most fearsome Thor villains of all time. Yeah. Like if it's in the top five, he's at least in the top two. I'd be. Oh, fine. yeah. I mean, for me personally, like um, when before the gods crashed on Earth, he was ready to die. Like he had no hope. He had no will to live anymore. So when he sees these two gods, they're near death and he's like their their gods do exist but they just chose to ignore me i totally got that because <laughs> he's like I've, i lost everything praying to you guys for some relief but you guys are just there bickering amongst yourselves ignoring the people that worship you and you just crash land on my planet when it's dead nobody i'm probably the only survivor on this planet i'm like i totally would have done the same thing at that point like my family's dead all my friends like yeah, and you guys are, are killing each other for no reason, probably for some stupid reason. I totally get where he's coming from. Okay, what about you, Fred? What's your take on it? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I gotta say, reading just those first five issues, I found him to be a very sympathetic character. I almost felt, um, I almost felt bad for what he was going through, only because you don't get his origin in those first five issues. And the stuff that he's saying uh, I was, I was kind of connecting with, you know, he was basically just saying, you know, there's no need for you. You weren't there when I needed you. None of you are necessary. Um, having gone ahead and read on into the second book, the, the God Bomb, um, I feel that, and again, I don't want to give anything away either. People do want to read it. Um, I feel that that sympathy went away a little bit when they, um, discussed and explained a little bit more about what was happening to him physically versus what was going on uh, it, with his mental state about what happened with his family. Because they add on to it later on, um, which I thought took away from his sympathetic behaviors just a little bit. Um, but for the most part, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he, in his head, he's doing what he feels the world needs and that's to rid, rid of those gods because they're not there to help you they're being selfish and drinking their ales and fighting amongst themselves and doing what they want to do for themselves not for the people so yeah he he had a point all right what about you will what's your take on gore the god butcher and his story yeah he's he's totally sympathetic um a lot of the time when i think of gore my mind jumps to joker 
because everyone, pretty much everyone nowadays looks at Joker as one of the most infamous like villains of comic book history. And no one ever even knows who Gore is. But I mean, you have the Joker who has just had a lot of like wrong done, a lot of things haven't gone his way to where it gets to the point where he eventually just snaps and goes from a nice, decent, wholesome guy into this crazed man, madman. Whereas Gore, you can see his plight because he just like was living his life and tragedy befell him. And all he wanted was a bit of salvation that he got no answers to. And then after he found the gods, he realized that everything that he believed and the people that he believed in were just a, was just all a bunch of lies. So his whole life got flipped upside down pretty much. Yeah. I, so that's, I, I just think that it's really, it's kind of like relatable. Like you have everything that you'd believed in just be one big lie. That's a more realistic and relatable, like, uh, change in your whole lifestyle. Like I kind of thought the same avenue with the whole Batman villain, but I actually kind of thought Mr. Freeze. The fact that his wife is, you know, pretty much dying, put in a cryogenic state, and the only way he can, you know, pretty much now keep her alive because the company that he worked for turned on him is to go out and steal money, try to find other ways to research for her. And I think that's, but mind you, you know, he doesn't always kill people. There's a difference. Gore will kill people and yeah. kill God. And I think that's that's kind of like the difference because Free Dr. Freeze, he's like sympathetic to the point where if only one thing was different, he would have been a good guy. I don't see Gore in that same position because like if his family just lived i wouldn't necessarily say he would have been a good guy he would have just been another guy living his life he, he was he was a copycat of voldemort and Mr. <laughs> <laughs> there we go <sighs> but let's go right into issue one i think we've talked enough about gore's backstory um you know for anybody who does not know like we said he's going to be the villain in thor love and thunder played by the great christian bell which i love the batman references because he was batman at one point um but yeah let's jump right into issue one we're going to kind of go over main points of the story um but i think the first main point we need to bring up is the first god thor encounters pretty much tortured and mutilated um looks now, like alice cooper <laughs> I thought that too. It was like Alice Cooper. I was like, Alice Cooper's a god. <laughs> he got the eye makeup on. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. now, now, mind you, they're all having fun, everything like that, partying like all Vikings do back in the days. And all of a sudden, girl screams out of nowhere, pretty much notices a body in the water. And one of the Vikings goes over and says, They're not from our village, they're from enemy territory. Now, the sad thing is, is that one the lady says, I don't believe he is man at all. What is he, Thor? And Thor looks at him and says he is a god. Um, he has the eyes of a god. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, he tries to play it off, but it's like really the first time I've ever seen Thor scared in a book, ever. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, you could just tell something's bothering him. Yeah. And one of the best things about it was, you know, like he says, 
the woman, I'm going to quote it. Um, woman asked him, a butcher God, tell me, my Lord, have you ever seen anything such as this? Thor responds and says, I've seen war in the heavens. I've seen God suffer and bleed. I've seen immortal fathers subject their own sons to torments you could never imagine. I've seen hell itself, but no, I've never seen anything like the horror in God's eyes. And the woman starts praying. Thor looks down to her and says, Why, who are you praying to? What gods are you praying to? And she straight up says, all of them. Now, I want to talk about this moment because I think it is really sets the tone. I, I'll admit right now, when the first trailer for Lord Love and Thunder dropped, I literally got this vibe. I thought, you don't know what's really going on. What's causing all this to happen? And I thought, that's perfect issue number one. What's your guys' take on this alone? What was like your first initial reaction to that scene alone? I'll start with Elmer this round. I just love how it was like, a setup like a slow burn of a horror movie like mm -hmm. you just get this mutilated body from across the world you know from <laughs> the americas to what uh norway iceland whatever whatever country it was mm -hmm. so you're like what was that you, you don't see gore like till like uh, maybe the second issue i can't remember right issue two, right yeah yeah so you're like who's doing this and like you said thor he had this fear on his on his face and he was like, oh, you know, I never seen anything like this. A God dying in this way and dying with so much fear that it made you want to finish, like, read this issue up, see what's going to happen next. Right. It, it is a really interesting thought. And that's where, like I said, the whole vibe, you know, just alone, just I agree. It's like a slow burner. It's like, what the hell's happening? What, what's going on? I can say that we're talking about. Thor, I can say that, that language a little bit, but it's so interesting to see that. And just, I, I imagine just right off the bat, when I read this again, I just went, oh, wow, he's scared. This is not Thor that we know and love. Something's going on. Brad, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. What do you. This, yep. This, uh, this has a great opening. Um, in just a few panels, they cover so much information. They give you a good sense of Thor and how he's got that um, young uh, kind of cocky attitude and he's very full of himself and just in those few moments where you know he's he's with the group and they're drinking and they're having a great time and then they find this head there's this one panel where there's no dialogue it's just a shot of his face and the look on his face literally says it all because he's recognizing that this isn't a man, this is a God. He hasn't said it to anyone yet. And just in that one panel, just, just the way his reaction, you know that there is a lot gonna come down the pipe with, with what's about to unfold, especially once he realizes it's a God. And then, you know, with the old woman praying to all the gods, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> what about you, Will? What's your take on this alone? Just the first few pages alone of this whole issue. You know, I, it's, it really sets the mood. I can say that the only issue that I had with these first couple of panels was just that scene that Fred was talking about. And it has nothing to do with like the story that's being told and what's going on. It's kind of just, it's really just a bash on the artwork because that one scene where you have 
Thor looking all scared and you see that fear in his eyes. I don't know why, but that face he does makes me laugh. Yeah, he made it it's look a like really he interesting face. It is. Yeah. It's, it's it's there's so many different expressions. It's it's acknowledgement, it's fear, and curiosity. Just, yeah, you can't really put a it's a great, great, yeah. great image. It's like one of those that, faces that a kid a kid will make. <laughs> like yeah. a little kid will make like what? Yeah. Yeah. That face makes me laugh, but I mean putting that aside, it really sets the mood for what's about to happen and what's being processed in his mind. I mean, you can tell just from that image, there are so many thoughts going through his head and he just is so baffled and scared and confused. Right. Now, before we go to the next scene, that's where we want to, I want to bring this up quick too. You're in each issue kind of get a past, a present and a future. So that was the past scene that we just talked about in this issue. We don't go back to the past till issue two. We're going to go to present. Present time, we talk about pretty much there's this race. Um, it's in deep space, the planet Indigar. Um, they're praying. I believe they're going through the same thing. The fact that they have a drought, starvation, everything's going on. And Thor comes and rescues them. Now, everything that was like what it went from scary to humorous because they were like, oh, come drink with us, everything like that. And he goes, did you say L? I'm in. So he's sitting there sharing his war stories, everything like that. And one of one of the um, species or one of the um, the inhabitants of this world comes up to him, pretty much says, "There are no gods here. Every time we pray to them, there were the answers." And so Thor kind of like, "There was a time I would have killed you for something, saying something like that." But but pretty much tells him straight up, you know, because there's a girl who believed after he came and everything like that, and pretty much says, "Tell the girl when I find these gods, I'll make them come home and do their job." So he goes and encounters this little castle in the sky, as you can say. But what's weird is that he notices the doors are open. Now, we don't know what's going on, everything like that. Again, this is just a really great setup because then you come to find out there's gods hanging from a chain. All the gods have been killed. The doors actually chained. That's what draws him to it. He, oh, yeah. Sorry. Right now. He says, I wouldn't have noticed it until I saw the chain. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Sorry yeah. about that. I saw the panel I was looking at had like the doors cracked open. So I, open. I just yeah. saw the chain. Yeah. And then you see all these gods chained up like on a meat rat hook. Most of them, some laying down on the ground, some in tombs, everything like that. And it just goes insane from here. Then he's attacked by one of the little creatures from Gore the God Butcher. But again, we don't know this at this point in time, but we... I don't know what else to call them other than Gore's little creatures because they're creepy as hell. Um, pretty much gets attacked on him, defeats him. And then that's how this present time ends. And I guess more like, Elmer, I know, like you said, you're a bigger fan of this series too. Did I justify the present time as much as possible? Because I was like, it kind of was just a fast paced scene. Yeah. Me. <laughs> like once you start reading up reading it you're like okay like what's the point of showing us the past the present mm-hmm. you know in the future later on but this scene just i guess it's like touching back to the past in some ways because it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. like gods are missing right. like what's going on also there's this kind of slow creepy feeling with thor as he search 
the planet for these gods that you can't find them nowhere. Right. Like, you know, the doors are open, but nobody's in the halls. Nobody's walking around. Like that and Eddie so, Money song, I came up to the door, rang the doorbell, and no one was home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brandon with the throwback. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> I feel like Spider-Man from the MCU movies there. You never watch Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so he knows the, the 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 shack that's locked that chained up that's when he's like okay this ha- has to be something in here that for it to be chained up right and he just sees these gods dead piled up butchered body parts everywhere it, it's it's like letting us know that whatever whatever killed the god in the past scene mm-hmm. probably most likely killed these gods right in the present so you know, at first you're like, "What's what's going on here?" Like it's pretty much the same. We kind of got the same vibe to it, but it's like it's part of the story and it's building up to something even greater. And mind you, I think one of my favorite scenes of this whole thing is when he's looking at this frozen god and he's looking at him. He goes, "I haven't seen a face since." Oh my! And then all of a sudden he's attacked. So you know who he's talking about. Like he is feared again. Each scene is always showing a fear side of him. And I think then this issue does a really good job because he's like, he's still alive. Like kind of thing, like how? Mm. So it's interesting to see it. Um, Fred, what about you? What's your take on this alone? I, I'm going to tell you, when they jumped time, I thought that was a really interesting choice uh, as, a, as a storytelling you know, uh, plot to unfold it in three different time zones, if you will, past, present, and future. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting choice and I'm glad that they did it that way because these first five issues are so powerful uh, when it jumps back and forth because it's easy to follow and it's very necessary because I remember reading it and every time it would jump to a different time, I'd be like, so he didn't accomplish what he should have accomplished in that time. So what didn't he do? And that's and that wondering, I think, is one of the things I really enjoyed about this story is I wanted to know what didn't happen to stop Gore because he's in this time frame. And then you're like, well, when you're in this time frame, what didn't he do in the last one? So how did we get here? And that's really, you know, and, and when he goes into that room, that chained room, and we, you know, we keep saying, you know, he discovers that there are dead gods in there. Uh, just saying dead gods, I don't think is enough. The scope and magnitude and the size of these gods uh, are huge. They're not like a four-sized god. They're these massive giants laid out on a table. Some of them are hanging. It's like, how? who did that? Who's capable of doing that? And how? I gotta know. And like you said, we're not going to see him until later on. And it was just a real build to who is coming, who is going to be the one to do this. Right. Now, Will, what about you? What's your take on that present time alone? I love the mystery of it all. Because like after the time jump, you wonder what happened between then, Mm -hmm. like from the past and the present, like what events took place leading up to that. And seeing like what's going on, how Thor is assessing the situation, how he's finding people where gods are not answering their prayers, 
and how everything is just this big mystery. And then going to this palace and seeing what has happened to the gods, seeing like all the butchering being done. It, it adds a lot of mystery and makes you really enveloped in the story, trying to figure out alongside Thor what is going on, what happened to these people uh, or to these gods. And it, it really sucks you in with the story. Okay. Now I'm going to turn the mic over to Big Daddy Elmer. Get him to finish up the story because this, I'm not going to lie, this one right here kind of, I, when I read it even, I was somewhat kind of confused a little bit. So I don't really know the best way to explain it. So I thought Elmer would probably be the best one to justify what happens in this last future series. All right. So we're, the next scene is we're tossed into the future. Thor is the all father. He's ruled all of Asgard, but nobody's on Asgard. It's just Thor by himself, looking battle-weary, looking defeated. And he's ready to go out there and fight whatever's outside the castle, which we come to see, come to find out that Gore has a bunch of his, he likes to say his attack dogs out there waiting for <laughs> Thor to come out. And he, Thor just goes all in. But before he fights them, he just, he just talks about how everyone is dead how he had to bury his family, his wives, plural, his wives, his children, <laughs> you know, everybody in Asgard is dead and gone. So you're like, what's going on here? Like, it can't be like the same guy still alive from the last two scenes, you know, from the past. Again, when you fought him in the present and you still fight him in the future, like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, so you're your interest is peaking as the story goes along because you're like, this guy's in the future also, or, or whoever's doing these attacks. And now he's going to finish off Thor as the All-Father. And you see Thor there with his missing eye, his missing arm. And you're like, wow, Thor has been through a lot in these years. So, <laughs> so he's just ready to go out in battle by himself, facing this horde of attack dogs, of gores, which was just, you know, out for the final battle. Now, I'm going to turn the mic over to Mr. Fred. What was your take on this scene alone? Um, well, when, when I got to this part, uh, you know, I read the past. I realized, oh, okay, so we got the past story. Now we got the present story. And I was like, we're going into the future. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then to see him be attacked by these creatures again, I was like, how is this even going to be possible? Like, Thor didn't take care of it the first time. He didn't take care of it the second time. <laughs> Is he going to be able to take care of it this? And he's such a mess. I mean, his arm is gone. It's replaced by the, uh, what, what's that thing called? The destroyer. The, the, he's got a destroyer yeah. arm on. I was like, wait a minute. It's the first thing I noticed. And just the, just the dialogue, because it's all narration of him talking about the dead family and everybody that he's lost and there's no one left. And you're just like, oh, man, to be the last one. And he's just waiting for this guy to come and get him. It's like, kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Will? What was your take on the future scene? Because this does is end issue one, pretty much. Um, what was your take on the futuristic part of it? That one left me kind of confused. Because it, it was at this point when I was reading the first time that I didn't, I was, start, this is when I was starting to get a little confused with the time skips. Because like one time skip to the from past to present 
it makes you kind of figure like this stuff has been going on the entire time. Oh, it makes you wonder what's going on. And then when it jumped to the future, everything had already passed and it's, it kind of feels like it's the climax moment. And so you feel like the entire story just got jumped and glanced over in one issue. So it left me a little confused, like wondering like, so what is happening? I don't understand anymore. It's like we're already at the final battle, and I'm completely lost. I, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw this, I literally thought that was Odin. I don't know <laughs> why, the way he looked, and then that was what pissed me off. It just as sounds, bring me my arm, you know. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm getting too old. I forget nobody's here." Yeah, <laughs> just me. It just it just sets the tone. But it's it sad that they do kind of make him look like Odin a lot. Hmm. He's now with the patch. He's got the arm. He's got a heavier, like, and it was just one of those, like, that's kind of interesting. Like, it took me a little bit to finally realize that was actually Thor. And it's like, uh, they're telling us that we all become our fathers at the end. Right. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, like we said, this ends issue one. Um, I'm actually going to turn the mic over to Fred this time to start issue two. And we'll kind of do the past again. I know this is a big chunk of this book issue alone is the past. All right. So, yeah, when this, so, uh, the second book opens with, um, you know, where we're back in the past again. And uh, they do this great little bit where, you know, Thor doesn't have the hammer yet. And they do the little markup of him saying, ah, oh, one day I'm going to have that hammer. Uh, and he just cannot do it because he's not worthy yet. Um, you know, and that brings him uh, onto the adventure. You know, they're they're on a ship, and um, it's they're in the fog. And this is when we're gonna first see um, uh, an image appear on the water, and it will be revealed that it is finally who we've been waiting to see, and it's 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 the butcher. And a speedo. And, 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 and that's what I'm hearing. It, it's 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 an interesting getup. Don't get me wrong. Um, the speedo, not so much. The hood, fantastic. He looks really cool. Um, but again, he's really shrouded. Uh, you don't get a great look at him because they kind of like show him from behind. They hide him a little bit, which again, like any great horror movie, they don't want to just show him to you right away. Um, but we discover that there are two other they're they're actually going to meet and fight and battle another group of uh because he's with some vikings they're gonna go meet these other guys and they're gonna fight them and those guys are waiting on their gods to show up so they can have this full-on battle but those gods have not shown up um well actually they have but one of them has lost his head and the other one has been like severely speared uh so they're in the process of being killed which is pretty wild um, some of the imagery uh, of them in the sky and you see this horse fly by with a guy with no head on it. It's pretty wild. Um, and of course, finally, the reveal of uh, gore and the first battle ensues in the sky between the two, which is goes on for quite a while. They're up there fighting in the air and there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of exposition and dialogue between the two of them, uh, which is really cool. And then, of course... We'll eventually go to another time jump. Now, one of the things I want to mention, I you get to see, like you said, we get to see Gore for the first time. And mm-hmm. 
I'd still love it's like Elmer said with just the first issue it's the still the slow burn because it's like mm-hmm. who's really watching them who's because the Vikings start pressing like something's out there something right. not right but Thor's like just keep moving forward we gotta go you know everything and then all of a sudden when this horse comes down or like a Pegasus I guess is a good way to put it mm-hmm. uh, has blood all over him everything just gets up on him and just move yep. but the cool thing i loved about gore was just the weapon his necro sword it looked fantastic the way it appeared because again another slow burn it's like oh it's nothing and then all of a sudden it turns into this huge sword it's like oh crap crap it's about to go down like something's not right here and just his first presence where you see his face it's just like this is scary i would not want to screw with this guy let me ask you a quick question. So this necro sword, um, it's clearly not a true sword. Do we know what this liquid, this black, viscous material wrapping around him? Uh, what is that that allows him to create the necro sword? Now I believe Elmer kind of explained that. Elmer, do you want to take the mic on that one a little bit more? Yeah, it's uh. Because Gore has his connection to no, he's the god of symbolites, uh, like okay. Venom and stuff like that. He's the guy who, like, he, you know, he was here. No, was in here at the beginning of time. Right. He was the darkness of the universe of the world. Is before. this the sword from King in Black? Yeah. Uh, Does he have it in King in Black? It's been a while. I don't think. I don't think it's the same sword. Okay. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't believe it's the same one. But, but it's uh, the same kind of stuff. Yeah, like I was kind of confused because in the movie they're gonna use a sword, so right. that's what I'm thinking. Like, but like you say, he makes these weapons all different types of shapes. Okay, from this, from a, it's pretty much a the the symbiote, symbiote. What's creating it? Yeah, okay. creating it. All right. Okay, so let's let's turn the mic back over to Mr. Elmer. Elmer, what was your take on just this past scene alone when we do get to see Gore for the first time? when you initially read this uh, i loved it because it's like you really don't see him and it's like a full shot of gore at in this scene because you know he's just he's just randomly walking on water like That's jesus right. <laughs> it's like a scene so, out of the fog so i love the you know like jason aaron has been you know he's been very sneaky with these bible stories that he's put in here because it's pretty much bunch of fishermen they see a man walking in water just like in the bible and like these guys are freaking out and thor is like oh you know it's just your mind's playing tricks on you and like just let's keep on going let's keep on going to this fight but it's like you have and then you have the shot of him on on the water in the like his robe and you're just like who is this guy <laughs> like what's going on here <laughs> so it's great like i i love this like the build-up to it like it's just the suspense like you're reading a comic book and you're just like flipping through the pages to see what's going to happen. This, so I love this scene. This book alone, when it first got to this, when you do see Gore, I literally could not put it down. I was just like, I got to see what happens. It mm-hmm. is just an intense book. And I seriously read it in a matter of a couple hours just because I wanted to see what really happened. Then I was kind of like, Fred, like, this is how it ends. <laughs> this is where it's going to go. And then I realized, oh, there's more. Okay. Got to read the next six issues. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, Will, what was your take on Gore's first appearance, really? Honestly, I completely loved it. I thought the whole introduction to him showing up, how he was just kind of in the shadows, in the mist, and, like, people never really 
could get a good look at him. And then when they finally showed him, it was just in the most epic way possible, like taking out the Pegasus. And I, I got to say, when it comes to like villain designs, he is just perfect because it's not too overly complicated and it's it's not like some big brawly guy in like a heavy suit of armor he doesn't like look entirely threatening but seeing what he can do with his look it makes him intimidating because his design is not like super detailed it's just him in a speedo with a cloak and he has the Voldemort face with the Twi'lek tentacles. <laughs> but it's just very subtle things, like the teeth that he has in his mouth, the claws that he has, how he controls his weapons, the fact that he can use his cape as kind of like wings and they help him fly. It's just those subtle things and combined with how much power that he shows, even though he's not big and burly, it makes him just so intimidating. It reminds me of Saitama from One Punch Man, where he's not a big burly dude. He's just an average Joe, but he has so much strength behind him. And then anytime somebody sees it, they immediately are just jaw dropped and completely shocked. Well, mind you, I think one of the things he mentions too, Thor mentions too, is the, or not, or not Thor, Gore mentions is this is the first Asgardian he has faced. Mm-hmm. And his, so, but he shows too that you know what he can fight toe to toe. But it, it also shows Gore has experience on him. There's the whole difference. The fact that he's taken apart one by one and just sitting there just beating him. He stabs him a couple times. But the most interesting thing is this is when he becomes worthy of the hammer again. And then he or he could be becomes worthy of the hammer. And then he starts taking the fight to Gore, and then Gore escapes. So then we don't know what the hell happened to him. This whole issue is literally um, mainly just the past. Um, now, we do have a little present jump, um, two pages. Um, I'll let, since Fred's already done a great job explaining it, I'll let him go ahead and finish the issue. Yeah, it's just a, it's a quick two-page jump. Brings us right back to, uh, you know, Thor's um, investigate. It, it's great because it's almost like a detective story now because he's investigating, uh, you know, all these dead gods. And... He's just finding more and more of them. And, um, you know, he decides that he's just going to, he's going to go off and he's going to do some research. He wants to now find out more information because he doesn't truly understand yet what's going on. I believe that's where we're at. Because this, this is where the book's going to end. Right. Now, um, right. Because then we jump right to issue three. And I think we'll kind of say yeah, well, I was just going to say, it does a couple quick cuts in that last page where it gives us a quick synopsis in all three time frames of where we're at. So it's almost kind of like, don't forget, there's other timelines and this is what's happening in each. So we just get a single shot of what's going on um, in that battle that Thor just had with Gore. Um, he plummets and crashes into the ground and then we don't see Gore. We don't know where he went, how he got away, if he got away. It just, it leaves us on that cliffhanger. Right. And I just want to add one little quick thing, too. I think they did a great job. Um, even though we have these three time jumps, I never felt lost at what they were showing me because 
Thor from the past didn't have the hammer. He only had that really cool axe that I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name <laughs> of it. But I will butcher the axe. Um, so he's got that weapon. And then Thor in the normal timeline, uh, he's he's got the full armor, the Avengers Thor that we recognize. And then, of course, old man Thor in the future. Um, I never felt lost anytime they jumped into a specific time frame to show off what was going on. I thought they did a great job with that. Right. Now, what was it? We'll kind of save the present talk for a little bit because this does take precedence more in this next issue and we'll kind of jump and kind of collaborate on everybody's opinion. So after this, though, he goes to, what was it? How would you explain it, Elmer? I, I mind you, I'm not a big person when it comes to Marvel, so I don't know this city very well, but it's like the library of all the, the gods. Library. Yeah, it's pretty much where it's the where all the gods meet mm-hmm. to you know discuss business, Trials happen here, weddings, worship. So it's pretty much the the meeting point for all the gods of every type of god of the universe to come meet up. And he Thor goes there to do some research about the missing gods. If there are missing gods, if there are more gods are getting killed. So he goes into the librarian character. I forgot his name at the moment, but uh, I'm I've got it. I'm thinking right here too. What was it? Because he he was one of the most funniest things in the story. Oh yeah, he was like a straight jerk to Thor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember when you were a kid and you were hitting me on my backside and my legs. And or what was it? His first smart aleck remark was, "I shall say, I never thought I'd see you in these walls." <laughs> yeah, the stupidest thing. But um, he refers to him as the librarian. I don't really see his name popping up. Yeah, they refer to him as a librarian. Yeah, librarian. Yeah, the but it's interesting because he's looking for the hall of the lost because he's trying to figure out what's going on with all these guys, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't transpire when he's starting to look through this. And he, you know, like the librarian said, pretty much, if you want the hall of the lost, it's down the hall. And there's probably a lot more there than this here, but like so many of these gods are just missing and there's really no evidence of what's really happened. And that was what I loved about this next scene is that he literally starts going to these planets and start realizing all these gods are dead. They've been pretty mm-hmm. much mutilated, massacred. This is why we said this is book is not for kids. Um, this is not the Thor you know and love from the movies. This is very brutal. Um, he goes to just other planets. Now I know El- or I know Fred. Fred, you were talking about some of these gods right away. Well, um, yeah. So I'm going to turn that mic over to you. Kind of exp- like tell us some of these gods that we see in these panels alone. Yeah, I, I actually made a list of all the gods that I came across uh, their name because I thought um, whoever's creating these names are, are very creative, very inventive, um, not just their names, but what they were gods of. And I just got a big kick out of it. Uh, and I'm going to massacre a whole bunch of these, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, some of the ones they referenced throughout the entire story, um, Hogscar, the Harsh, uh, Crosskin, the Cruel, Lady Vile, goddess of atrocities, uh, Lord Allblood, the inexorable. He had thirteen sons and thirteen brides. Apparently, they had thir- He had thirteen sons, and they the sons had thirteen brides. Um, what else we have here? Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. Right. There's a whole bunch. Um, but I do want to mention this one. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Falagar the Behemoth, which is the patron god 
of the galactic frontier. Now that's the one, that's the big ice creature, which is the shot directly out of Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, he's standing out on the cliff uh, with his buddy, the rock guy there, um, Korg. And uh, they showed this. And literally, with the exception of Korg, that is a panel right out of the book. And it's a great image. Um, and just, you know, when he's describing how he knew him and how, you know, they, I don't know if he said they battled alongside each other, but the last time he saw him, he remembers them. And now here's this giant monster just like collapsed. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of great, uh, there's a whole bunch, I got a couple other ones. Um, let's see if I can read my writing. <laughs> I cannot, I got real, real messy on this. I don't know why. Yug, okay, I'm gonna try this one. Yug Slogoff, the unseeable, Baron of the Elder Hell. So yeah, they they go through, They we even come upon some time gods, which we'll get to later on. Um, I'm gonna hold off talking about Shadrach. That's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, we'll hold off on talking about him. He'll come up again later. Um, <laughs> Gennaro is mentioned, Gennaro, God of Friendship. So there were there's, there's a lot of gods that Thor is investigating and they do a great job of actually showing, uh, you know, a whole bunch of them. Like there's, uh, I can't remember the name of them, but there's two of them that are like nailed to a tree. Uh, they're like these nature gods and he comes across them. And they're both nailed to the tree, which is insane. And he, he says that they've been there forever. And then there's these other coral type that are just kind of like laid out across the sands of a beach. And it's just, he's discovering all of these gods and he's kind of reminiscing and some of them he knows and some of them he doesn't know, but he's, he's on the mission to find out what's, you know, what's going on. So the two that are nailed to the tree, I'm reading it right now, the Oaken King of Se and Sequoia Queen of, yes. I'm not even going to say that name. That is a <laughs> name. It's like Glen Glen Glade or something like that. What was it? The Garden Eternal. Gods of the Cosmic Seasons, Lord of the Worlds, yes. Heaven. No one has seen them for over 2,000 years. 2,000 years, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, he's definitely uh, out there investigating all these gods. And I just thought some of those names are great. But, I but, think one of the coolest things too is like whenever he does go to these places to look for the gods, he some for some reason he encounters kind of like the minions of Gore yep, in every dogs. single place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like the battle is just never ending. Even when the gods are dead, there's still remnants of gore waiting yeah. just in case somebody comes by. Like yeah, I there's some there's some people worshiping the that ice creature and even in that moment where they're all just bowing hoping he will return to life you see one of those attack dogs climbing out of the corpse of the ice creature and attacking thor which is it, it's just a wild image it, it you know so right away like i think we you know i think we've kind of talked a lot like i know elmer you haven't talked much about this what was your take on just this alone um with all the little transpiring of all the gods that we see in his adventure to try to find who's doing all this yeah like fred said earlier it was like thor the detective like he's just investigating these murder scenes everywhere he goes and it's just like there's always something there waiting for him there's always some creature to attack him and is that like he's trying to figure out like where's where is gore like what's his plan it's just him leaving these bodies everywhere and you know he he starts like listing how long has it been since this god has been missing and it's been like 2,000 years and that was like the last time he faced Gore 
from there on, Gore has been on his killing spree ever since their first encounter. And Thor is realizing that, you know, this is kind of his fault because he didn't take care of Gore the first time. He's slowly coming to that realization and he's getting angry. You know, he rips the head off of the creature and he's like yelling for uh, Gore to come out, which was awesome. That's a great image. Yeah. So, you know, I just loved it. What was it? It's like, what was it? It's like, to me, I always looked at great. I kind of thought, like, I hate to say it a movie reference, but I kind of thought, oh, it's Obi-Wan and Star Wars Attack of the Clones. And they're just detecting, like, what's really going on here. And then, right, you, then right. Gladiator, like, get out here. <laughs> like, don't yeah. sit here and just patronize me. Come and face me. I'm tired of this. You know, you want to kill me? You kill me now. Like, it's like, he's always like an arm's reach away because when those attack dogs show up, He's starting to wonder, and I think, I don't know if he says it here or a little bit later on, he wonders if they're somehow attached to him. Like, every time he kills one of them, he hopes Gore feels it, but he doesn't know. Right. Now, we do jump to the past really quickly. This is like, I think this was the book that I always kind of, this issue alone was kind of like, okay, we're time jumping way too much. It's like, just stick to the scene and move (laughs) forward. Like, I liked how the first issue was where it's like, okay, you have past, present, and future. And then it's like present, past, present, and somewhat future a little bit at the end and then done, you know. But I understand it sets the tone. Now, we jump to the past again after his fight with Gore initially. He goes out, you know, they discovered some of his, the, what was it, the Vikings come out and say, hey, we found this. I think you need to take a look at it. And they, he comes across a god that's been speared. Um, we find out this is Hikon, the Siberian god of the hunt, um, you know, and pretty much tells him, pretty much he left me with a message saying you should not come alone. That dude's a mess. <laughs> and like, and one of the, <laughs> the messed up things Thor says is I don't believe you're in much of a position to offer advice in matters of combat. God of the hunt. It was just like yeah. he's like, missing a leg and he's all speared up. But I thought, come on, it, you know. And he goes, that the, the response goes, true, so true. He came at me out of the darkness. The shadows themselves were alive around him. If I had not been so drunk, perhaps, you know, there is no honor in the way the God Butcher fights, pretty much Thor says. And what was it? And he pretty much tells him, Thor pretty much tells him to be at peace you know, uh, there's nothing else you can do. You're gone. He, he puts him to peace. <laughs> well, because he asks for it. He straight yeah. up says, Yeah, he does. You know, do this. Now, what pissed me off in the next scene is that we see Iron Man. Now, that yeah. kind of pissed me off. Every time Iron Man comes in a book, like, always pissed off. So it's like, you're just doing fanfare. At this point, I really don't care. Like, I don't <laughs> want to see Iron Man in every book. Like, I'm not an Iron Man fan. I'll say it right now. I love Robert Downey Jr. in the role. Never discredited him whatsoever, but Iron Man is just not my character. Whenever anybody in this position yeah. at this point, like anybody could have been here. Yeah, you could have had another god. You could have had somebody else other than Iron Man. Korg? Yeah. Korg <laughs> was arrested at this point, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so Korg was what it's, the... Uh... It's all about that synergy, man. You know, gotta get those MCU bucks in there somehow. <laughs> it's you know, oh, we got oh, Iron Man's in this. <laughs> yeah, but mind you, like even what was it? Because if I'm not mistaken, at this time, Elmer too, because I I love this series. Cork was arrested, 
because he was part of the war bound with Hulk in World War Hulk, if I'm not mistaken. Or he was in prison somehow. I can't remember what. Yeah. Like, I haven't read that book in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's one of the only Hulk books you can ever hit me to reread. Yeah. I can't read a lot of Hulk books, but that is one I can read. But going back to the story, pretty much Thor and Iron Man come out to this cave. Now, we're going to find out this cave cave has significance. Um, For the fact being, this is where Thor first encountered or like, like, like not the first encounter with Gore, but it's the first time Gore really had his way with him. And so pretty much out of the shadows um, in this cave, he's attacked or what we see is his past self attacked. Um, and then we kind of get a little snippet of the future self being the same way. Now this does in, sh- um, in the present time, we notice that he counters a God. Um, I'm not mistaken. What was his name? Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's the same race as Gore. No, it's Shadrach. This is Shadrach. Shadrach, yes, thank you. He is the uh, Shadrach of the Diamond Moons of Oga Ogo, so he's not the same race, he's different. And so what the interesting thing is, is he cut his eyelids, so he has to watch every god that's killed. He had to watch. Yeah. 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 And pretty much behind him is attacked again by Gore. And that ends issue three. Now, at this point, I want to kind of go back. I'm going to let Elmer take the mic here. Um, what was your take on the past little scene and then what we got back in the in the present time? Well, the past scene is just showing me uh, Thor's a- arrogance when he was that young. He's like, you know, he just got his butt kicked by Gore earlier, but he's, you know, he feels like he's healed enough and he's going to face him again, not knowing, like, Gore is there. Like, he's He's been warned that Gore is ready for him, that he's waiting for him there in the cave, and he still goes there head for, first just to, you know, just to get beaten and captured because Gore is, like, he's, he's in his element. He's in the dark. He's in the cave. You know, you don't know where he's going to attack you from because there's shadows everywhere. So I love that scene. I love how in the present, he's like, yo, this is like one of the memories I try to forget. Because they talk about how old Thor is in this scene in the present. Because he's like, I have memories that I completely forgot about. I have, I forgot about my first love. My first, the first time I killed a a troll. The first time I killed an ice giant. Those memories are fading from my life. But this memory of me in this cave facing gore is one of those few ones that I vividly remember. And I thought that was like, all right, this, this is where, you know, Gore does something to Thor that he's still processing all these years later. You can't shake it. Right. Yeah. And I love that scene, but I think it was like, like, oh yeah, like I said, they had a stick Iron Man in it, which pissed me off. Cause I thought, why, why does he have to be here? Like <laughs> there's no need for him whatsoever. Cause he pretty much like Thor kind of shoves him off after he helps him and just yeah. says, this is God business. This is not your business. <laughs> like, it's like, then what was the point in having them? Like, they, they no sense. But I think, I, I, let me just throw real quick. I think the point they, the reason they had them was because Thor sends him and says, go and warn, you know, the gods of earth and start warning people. And because Tony Stark can fly and he can go really fast, he was probably an easy, hey, 
go warn these people kind of guy. But at the same time, who's going to listen? Who who the God's going to listen to? Exactly. They're not going to listen to Tony Stark. Sorry, no. they're not going. He's I, I agree. It didn't have to be him. Yeah. Like there's other people you could have had Hercules of all people that would have at least made more sense because mm. he's a demigod. Sure. Even his father would sit there and say, Zeus himself would be like, we got to take care of this. Like, mm. this is not okay. <laughs> um, um, Fred, let's go to you. What was your take like on just these issues? Um, or, or, yeah, the, um, you know, again, I agree. The, the little past section there is again, just, you know, showing his young arrogance. You know, he, 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 he took a good beating. He wakes up from it. Um, you know, it does show that he, he can give mercy. He gives mercy to that guy by, you know, helping him pass on, if you will. Um, the Iron Man stuff, eh, like, like Elmer said, they got to sell books. They got to throw a character in that somebody recognizes once in a while. Cause again, like I said, uh, I'm not the guy who's running out to grab a Thor book, but maybe if someone was like, Oh, Cyclops from the X-Men is going to show up. I'd be like, Oh, that's a book I got to read. Uh, <laughs> so it could have been anybody, you know, they could have thrown anybody in there as, as, you know, bait to, to get a reader in. Um, but when we do get into the cave, we see him finally kind of get captured Then does that quick cut to the future kind of showing, you know, Odin's still taking the beating. He can't shake what happened. Um, and then we meet, uh, Shadrick and we get just a little bit because we don't we don't get all of the story of what's happened in that cave and I feel that they really dragged this out over the next couple of issues like like a lot of other things they kind of gave us quickly it maybe you know an issue ends and the next one starts with what they were going to lead into I feel like this whole cave thing really dragged on which was a good thing I didn't I'm not saying I dislike that but just dragging it on, I was like, oh my God, what happened in here? What was so bad that the future, the present, neither one of them want to want to return and, and, and remember it or deal with it because it was so bad. And that's what I was really looking forward to. Now, Will, what was your take on it? What was your take just overall with the present or with the past scene and then trying to jumping to the present and future a little bit? For me, it was it was starting to get very interesting at this point. It, it was at this chapter or this issue that all the time jumps started to get really interesting for me because you get to see like aspects of him dealing with these things for so long because it's not just an inst instantaneous battle where it goes over just a couple of days or something like that. This has been something that he's been dealing with. He's been struggling with for several millenniums. And it's just very interesting to see what kind of struggle he's been going through and how he's been dealing with it and how he continues to deal with it and searching for the answers that he's trying to find. Right. It really sucks you in at this point. Right. Now, like I, I love the past scenes more than anything because I just think, oh, me as a history fan and everything kind of gives you that sense of Vikings and the gods they believe in, the mythologies they live in. Like to me, I guess more I could look at that and go, that's more horrific than like seeing some of the other gods. And I guess more it's just because, you know, for some people, these are the gods that they used to look up to. And seeing that, it's just kind of like, what were people thinking then? 
like I know this is a comic. I know this is things like that, but it's one of those things like you got all some of these Norse gods that are dying, and it's like, hold on a second. What are people thinking then at that point? Like, are they believing in their God still or not? Or like, is that more what like we say at the time at this time we did not know Gore's backstory. We didn't know until issue six. So it's one of those things like, is that what Gore's trying to pass? It's like these gods are no good to you. Like you should just do your own thing because they're not out for your wants and needs. They're out for their own personal wants. And I, right here, I think this is where I really got more intrigued. And it was just one of those things, like even coming from a religious aspect for myself too, seeing that, and I could actually see other people believing in that way. And it was just like, that's interesting. Like, and then you kind of get more intrigued with it to see like what's caused him to do this or what's really got him scared. Um, but yeah, let's jump right into issue four. Um, I'll take the mic here really quickly because I want to bring this up because it's a pretty quick summary. We go to the future side of it. But the most interesting thing is these dogs are dragging him back. They're dragging him back to that seat and making him stay there. Now, and they put they pretty much seat him. They pretty much put him right in this spot, everything like that. And the in his little spawns, whatever you want to call them. I call them dogs because they did look like dogs to me at one point. <laughs> Start walking out the door. And pretty much he keeps the door cut straight out and says, come back here and kill me. So we figure out he's being tortured by not really not being killed. So we'll kind of get back to this point because we do find out why this future self of him is being done like this um so we'll come we'll jump back and we will find this out in issue five what's really happening um we come back to present day now we find shadrach with thor again and this is like we said i think i jumped the gun a little bit this is where we find out his eyelids are cut open so he has to watch everything that gore does um that was his punishment you know that so it shows you that Gore just doesn't love to kill them all the time. He likes to torture them. He loves to just sit there and make them tortured. And Shadrach is one of them. Now, pretty much he tells them, you know, I'm going to go find it. You know, he pretty much takes Shadrach with him to the library again. And we find out the librarian's killed or somewhat stabbed. Um, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still still alive. Dad, but he, the place is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I was getting a little head. No, I'm oh, just yeah. <laughs> um, And, you know, so we see all these dogs or spawns or whatever you want to call it, pretty much setting fire to all these libraries. Um, now we jump back to past. Um, we'll kind of do the past. I think past takes main priority here because this is where we see the cave. This is where we see what happens in this cave. Um, now, what was it? it's always funny to see him in chains. I'm not going to lie because automatically I think of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> it's one of those scenes like I, I would I, love to see that in the movie again. Like I did this once. Hold on. I got to shimmy on. a little bit more. <laughs> no. Like, hold on a second. You know, I got a little bit more. Um, but pretty much he's trying to get information from me. Like, tell me about your Norse gods. Tell me how I can get to asgard tell me how to do this and thor's not giving him any information 
pretty much says, I'll die before you get any information from me. So pretty much says, well, who said any, you know, he pretty much tells him like, you know, fight all you like. These bonds have held a thousand gods before you, some size of the mountains, you know, pretty much he's like torturing him. Like, you know, all gods have their breaking points. It took nine days to find his and his flesh was made of stone. I'm hopeful that you can keep me entertained for at least half as long. So he's like, I'm going to get information from you one side or another. I'm going to get that information that I want. Um, now, we kind of go back to present again. Uh, cataract, or is it um, Sadrach, sorry. Cataract. Not cataract. Um, <laughs> cataract. Cataract. <laughs> Can't see very well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he sees. Irony. Right <laughs> it fits. He got He's no there. eyelids. Like, right. I loved how he went straight for the eyes first. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in there, like, yeah, you know, trying to attack him. Traumatized, man. He don't he doesn't want to go back to gore. You know, is it any you know the librarian gets up, helps try to defend? Um what was it? And then pretty much they said, you know, him being a smart Alex self, the librarian himself, like lovely friends you brought here, Thor. You know, it's like you you just got stabbed. You just got knocked down, everything. You're going to sit here and throw your little jabs. At least Thor's helping, you know. Where, you know, so pretty much um, he's looking. So we find out Thor's looking for a book called Chronix, or he's trying to find the books of on a god called Chronix. And pretty much the librarian tells him it's burning over there. You need to get it now. If you're going to get it, get it now, you know. So he runs in there, gets, you know, and we kind of jump back to the future again. At this point, I kind of thought, Thor, what the heck are you doing? That made no stinking sense. He says that he just crawls out. He's just, I'm going to go out there again. It's like a little kid. You put him in a seat, tell him to stay, and he's just like, I've got to go back out there. You know? <laughs> and But we find out these little spawns are trying to take the hammer. They're trying to lift the hammer. Um, hammer flushes back. Um, Thor was able to retrieve the books of Chronics. Um and pretty much said, you know, he's going to fly there now. And we come to find out that these berserkers and on top of it, Gore is there. And we find out that this God is helping him. Um, Elmer, I'm going to let you take the mic on that one because I'm not going to lie. You probably will get the best description of what's really happening with Gore on this planet. Uh, uh, Kornox? Yes. All right. So Gore is there. And he's preparing because apparently this planet's like these gods, these are the gods of time, apparently. <laughs> so Gore, he wants to go back to back in time for some reason that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And he's just slaughtering these gods to fill up this pool that's pretty much a time machine <laughs> to take him back into a certain port in the past. And he needed all his blood because he was he was going back pretty much to the beginning of time. That makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) it's like he pretty much kills every god on the planet except for one, and he pretty much filled up the pool with their blood. Even the the last, the last god living was like, you know, we usually just take a couple drops of our blood, and that's like enough for like to travel to whatever we want to go. But Gore, he he wants to go back. He wants to go back to the beginning of time. So hence the pool of blood, and he's just there. We don't know what his plan is, but he's like, okay, why do you want to go 
back in time for and that pretty much sets up his the next phase of Gore's plan and the next issue pretty much right now let's jump right into it like what were your guys's thoughts the cave i think is the one of the main points we bring up um the pull of blood with going back in time and on top of it um what was it just the whole battle scenes overall um what were your guys's takes i think the cave is the main point we need to talk about um and the pull of blood of course and going back in time let's start with the cave elmer what was your take on the cave part the cave was like uh it just showed you why thor wanted to forget about this (laughs) i wanted to forget about gore forget about this whole experience because he's pretty much getting tortured for i believe was 17 days at this point when they and Thor t- tells him earlier that he had the god of torture and he tortured him for seven days before he gave up everything. So he wondered how long Thor was going to last, which was 17 days. So it just showed me how much trauma Thor was going in those, you know, two, pl- two plus weeks of pure torture nonstop with Gore just having his way with him. And he he's just there upside down, chained up and b- pretty much helpless. <laughs> So I could see why Thor has this fear and why he's so hesitant to go full on against Gore while finding more information that could be useful for him in the present before he, he faces Gore again. Because last time it ended up too good for him. Right. Now, Fred, what was your take on it? The cave. Uh, well, I just want to go back a little bit real quick. Um, the first cave scene we get is the one that's in the present time. And that's when uh, he's talking to Shadrach. And something I noticed in this scene that um, stuck with me, uh, we've already met Shadrach in a previous scene, and he refers to himself and who he was. He was the god of something. And this is the second time he's referenced himself, but he references himself as something else, uh, a god of something completely different. I thought that was a little strange that he had done that. And then I was like, maybe he's not really a god. Maybe he's just trying to be one so Thor doesn't kill him. And that kind of stuck with me because that will come back around later on. Um, so in the actual scene where Thor is hanging upside down by the chains and uh, Gore is, is, is talking to him and he's tempting him. And he's like, hey, tell me where your family is. Maybe you have, it's a great line. Maybe you have a brother you don't get along with. You know, I'll kill him first, which I thought was a great little nod. And I was like, oh, he does have a brother. <laughs> he would like to kill first. But um yeah, I can see why, you know, uh, he was so terrified to, to go back into that cave because, like you said, he was there for such a long period of time and he just tortured him. And, you know, he he basically is starting to explain to him a little bit of why he's doing what he's doing. And, you know, we're going to eventually reveal that he tells Thor that you're the reason I'm doing this. And we still don't understand what that reason is, but he says, you, you're, it's, it's because of you. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of problems uh, that go on in that cave. Um, I thought the library stuff was great. Um, you know, the, the battles continuing in the future are great. Uh, but when we get to, how do you pronounce it? Cronux? Cronux, if I'm not right, Elmer. Cronux. Cronux, Cronux, yeah. Cronux, yeah. In this situation. (laughs) I'm going with Cronux. Cronux (laughs) is good. So when he realizes it's not a god, but it's it's an actual place, um, 
I gotta tell you, Gore looks badass. When he's standing at the pool, getting ready to go in, and he's just shrouded in black. He's got he's got more of like a cape style. He's got no head covering now. You get a real good look of what he looks like. Um, and he's going into this blood to to do this time. Language. <laughs> did I say what did I say? <laughs> you said it the A word. Yeah. So, so uh, wait, he's, wait. He's, he's going into the blood and you know he's, he's basically saying you know he's headed out and again yet we don't know where he's actually headed uh, at what point in time we just know he's going back somewhere um yeah it's great it's a great it's a great little scene and then uh i know you haven't mentioned it yet but the that quick little flash to the future and the parents of four i was like what because they're not going to show it to the next issue how it actually happens. But I was like, well, what did I miss? Yeah. So yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. Now, Willie, let's talk about let's talk about what you thought about this. Um, the cave. Honestly, nature. the cave scene that takes place in the past when Gore has him chained up and he's torturing him, I thought that was the most interesting part, just because of the fact how he does offer to. Uh, kill an annoying brother that he might dislike and would want to want him dead it gave me a little like piece of gore's personality where he's not doing this for the thrill of it for like just for maliciousness to like see the god squirm there's like a hint of passion behind it because he won't just immediately go for like the most hard hitting death, like under the circumstances. If you give him what he wants, give him the information, he'll make it as quick and painless as possible. He'll like, he's going, he's obviously going to kill, trying to kill, uh, gonna try to kill Thor's family, but he'll get rid of the ones that will not impact him as much first. He won't just go for the heavy hitters right off the bat i thought that was a very interesting thing for gore's like character okay. it, it was very very interesting for me and the next thing would be with the uh the cornex or the cronex uh place yeah the blood tub time machine was very <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I honestly I like what that was the most metal scene ever because just knowing that he didn't need that much blood but he went through the effort to get all of that to make this <laughs> giant pool. It was so extreme and I loved it. Like am I the only one that thought when I read this I thought they pulled inspiration from Hellboy? For the fact that Rasputin comes from the blood as well, and he sits there with the shadowy background and things like that, I thought, yeah. kind of But yeah, that was like the blood of just one guy, though, right? I was like, yeah, oh, that was so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> but but one of the things I'd like to bring up, I know you guys, I think I'm not really even going to talk about the chain part um, because I don't. I think you guys did great explanations of it. I'm going to bring up the first scene of the story with the fact that there is they're putting him back in his seat. And right there, you yeah. should like something's really up here. Like, why are they? They're torturing Thor by not killing him. 
So what's really happening or what's Gore's intentions? And again, it's like Fred said, we're not going to get that till next issue. And we, and this is the last issue of the God Butcher storyline. And then we get the God Bomb, which is really like kind of the somewhat the ending of this, really this big story. Um, but we want to leave you guys on a good cliffhanger, just like Moon Knight will. Actually, <laughs> yeah. um, so what jumped right to issue five? Um, I, you know, and again, I love the scene with him. It just looks really good the way, or really the artistic value in that pool blood scene was just like, I love Willie's description of the hot time or hot time blood machine. The blood tub time machine. Yeah. Blood tub time machine. <laughs> you know, but it's just so fantastic. The artistic styles of it all, it just really brings a tone to it. It's like, this is dark. This is not your normal villain. This is a villain out for blood. He's out for, you know, maliciousness. He's out for it. And like Willie said, he has a passion for it. He, you know, and then that's why, like we said, that's why we wanted to bring up the origin first for him because we felt to understand him, you need to know his origin. And that right there just shows you the origin itself, why he's doing this and his display his despise to gods or his disliking to gods um so we're gonna go right into issue six or issue five um we pick up back with um gore going in more and more into this hot blood time machine um now here's the first thing i want to mention and i'm gonna question right away i can't remember who this god was he looked like a little baby or big baby baby but it's just a point like it was just kind of a weird god to first bring up who is this god that's the main I found this to be actually really disturbing i mean <laughs> like, i no, i did i was like uh, when you understand because you know gore is narrating the beginning of this issue um and you first see this baby-like giant which is creepy to begin with but when you see the creations that he's making and 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 Gore's response and and what he says about these abominations and how they were just created and they're already begging for death. I, it, this was really twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this really stuck with me. The, this imagery and and his whole soliloquy about what's going on in this moment. This this was this was really heavy. Yeah, yeah. like um, they actually don't name the god; they just refer to it as the first god, and it's. Right is as we, we find out later is the elder god so it's pretty much i guess the first god creating life in the universe which is funny because you have this child looking thing so it's pretty much just a baby <laughs> yeah. having these godlike godlike powers but he can't really reform anything the right way so he has these abominations he's yeah. creating and creepy? it's just like it's, it's really creepy so it's, it's with the tone of the story right so Gore sees like this is gonna be an easy kill for him because it's like it's just a big blue baby <laughs> that just has these playthings around. It's not really doing anything, and he has the sense to know that he's not really affecting the timeline because this god's already creating these creatures. So you know, I guess they evolve to something else, and from there, you know, something else happens. But you know, it's, it was just a creepy creepy scene <laughs> and it's just very st- disturbing 
Now, one of the things I would love to mention in this issue too, because I believe this is the first time we really hear the God Butcher's name. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how he states it, and this is after this attack. He goes, my name is Gore, son of a nameless father, outcast from a forgotten world. I have slain my way through multitudes to stand here at the genesis of all things, blackened with vengeance, wet with holy blood, one simple dream still strong in my heart, a dream of a godless age. I thought that was very, I'll admit right now, um, what great writing. I thought this is a perfect writing for this. It sets a tone for who Gore really is. And this is before his origin story. And you really, like, right at that point, I went, I want to learn more about this guy. What's yeah. his case? What's going on? Everything. I, like I said, I was like Fred at this. I was like, this is how it ends. And then I wanted to read more. Now, mostly this issue alone is more gore. This is yeah. straight up gore the god butcher. Um, you do not really see Thor tons. But you do get one of the main things. Um, Thor does come crashing in. Um, I'm going to kind of skip a, or. Actually, I'll go right into the cave scene quick because they do go flashback to the past. Again, he's still there. And like he says, for 17 days. The sad thing is, is he actually looks like he's about to break. He looks like he's about to do it. And then here comes his Vikings. Here mm-hmm. comes his comrades, everything like that. And see, one of the things I found interesting is that Gore actually says, like, I'm doing you a favor. You should be thanking me, not killing me and they don't listen and you know i'm going to finish the past scene quick and we'll kind of jump back to the present um before we go any further but i found it interesting that you know like he says well if you guys aren't going to listen i'm going to kill you because you either have two options you run away and let me do what i have to do or i'm going to kill you i'm trying to do you guys a favor like i said so pretty much the vikings attack them and they actually hurt them they get them and and it's really like the first time, and then we see Thor come up behind him and pretty much slash off one of his arms, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he does. It, it, yeah. It, it, it just shows you, and this is really where we find out, and this is why I wanted to finish that scene first, is because you really see Gore's intentions after this, that Thor really did change him. The fact that some of these gods are just not going to give up. But we find out there's a motivation behind it later. Um so Thor comes into Chronix, starts attacking Gore, everything like that. Now, I'm going to turn the mic back over to Big Bad, Big Daddy Elmer to uh, finish up this story. Finish up the story. So Gore comes back to the present, comes his mission, and he comes out the <laughs> comes out the pool. And this is a great image, a great panel of him just coming out the. Coming out the pool of blood with a heart, a gigantic heart, and carrying up, and you're like, what is he planning? <laughs> What's going on here? And right there, Thor comes crashing in, and he finally gets to see Gore for the first time since the time he was in the cave. So you're like, all right, here we go. What's the plan now? What Thor is going to do differently from the last time? And then we just cut back to the cave, like you said, and he just gets rescued by the Vikings. And uh, back in the in the present, he kills the last remaining god in the temple, and he goes back into the pool of blood. And 
Thor is like, no, nah, you're not going to get away from me that easily. And he jumps in, chasing right after him. And he ends up in the future with old Thor, the Allfather. And we come to find out like the future stuff was happening pretty much during everything else. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird because once Gore jumps into the pool of blood first, Thor co- goes in right after, but Thor comes in and all, the old father, all father lets him know like, oh, you're looking for Gore. Gore's been here for 900 years. So even though they were just like seconds apart, jumping into the pool of blood, Gore has been living there. And I guess during those 900 years, completely destroyed Asgard. And now Thor arrives to help out all father Thor in his battle against Gore. And you're just like, where is this going? Why is Gore in the future? Like, what is his plan? And it's pretty much his, that's the cliffhanger we are left with right before the next storyline story story arc like one of the things i'd love to bring up too is we find out why gore's keeping him alive and like we said this actually you know like he says you know i'm going to kind of bring up some points here he says but you brought me out of the darkness story you showed me a whole new way for the first time in the history of the cosmos a god did something useful and he you know this is when he chopped off his arm and pretty much he co- they jump back to present. He goes, you thought you were going to kill me that day in the cave, but instead you saved me. You saved me from a life of failure. You saved my dream. And for that, I will forever be indes- indebted to you. Thor of Asgard, that's why you will die last. So right there, this is where we find out too, the fact that he's keeping them alive we're going to leave you to the last one because you're, well, one, in some ways he saved him from losing his dream, which is like a weird way to say it's like, hey, you know, my dream is to kill all gods. And at this point, you're saving me so I can do it. I'm like, Thor, you should have just killed him. It's like, this is the whole instant with Thanos and Infinity War where he sits there throws the Stormbreaker at him and he goes oh you should have aimed for the head it's like yeah Thor you should have just aimed for the head dumb dumb <laughs> like at that point you should just yeah, pretty much yeah but and then so let's let's talk about because this does end issue five and it does end this story um I'm going to turn the mic over to Fred what was your take on this whole issue what was some of your favorite stuff and maybe what was your what was it like what was some of your like how did you really love this story from a scale to one to 10? All right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, when he came out of that pool to begin with, with that heart, I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. And again, because this whole issue opens with Gore narrating, this is where I thought I was going to get his backstory. I figured this was going to be a whole Gore issue. I was like, yeah, I'm prepared. Bring it on. Uh, little did I know. Um, yeah. When, when we do the flashback to him, you know, again, He's, he's hanging in the, in the cave and the Vikings come. Uh, that's a great little battle sequence that they have. Um, I love the, the image of him chopping off the arm. That's fantastic. They don't really clarify how he gets away. There's like this explosion, but they don't say how it happened, where it happened, or, or why it happened. I thought that was a little weird, um, which was fine. I was okay with it. But he got away moving on. Um, and then, of course, you know, they we jump to the future a little bit. And then because now uh, present day Thor 
we has kind of met up with you know his future self so they're battling together which was great um and this is the moment where if if i want to use the fr- i'm, I'm going to use the phrase the jo- the jaw dropping moment is when he makes the comment how you know gore jumps into the pool thor jumps in immediately after him and thor's like yeah you appeared exactly where he did only 900 years after him and i was like my my like my head exploded i was like 900 years after him and then of course they do this quick little cut where you see these tendrils flying through space past planets and then it's this one silhouetted shot which i assumed was gore and he's in this really cool getup and i was like this dude's been working for 900 years and now thor's going to deal with this and the book ends yeah. i lost my mind I was like yeah. flipping. I'm like, no, I don't want the artwork at the end of the book. I want more story to tell what's going to happen. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, we get that. We get that beautiful shot. But I was like, what the yeah. hell's going on? What is going exactly. on? And, and and you can see a little bit of the slaves and this big bubble in the distance. And you don't know what any of this is, yeah. but it's just this nice little you know precursor to what's to come and now you gotta just read the next book uh and you wanted to know what i rate this book on a level of on a rating of what one to ten yeah uh, again i said at the beginning i don't seek out thor to read thor books um this for me these five issues this was a 10 uh, I was engrossed right from the beginning. Uh, I loved that detective aspect of it. I loved going on that journey and, and trying to figure out what was going on. They didn't give it to you all at once. They made you go for the ride and, and discover it as they unfolded it. It's brilliant writing. Uh, even the artwork, um, I'm real picky about the artwork and a lot of the books that I read. I thought the artwork was great. I could recognize who everybody was when they were on page. That's important to me. Um, this is this is a 10 story for me. I really, really enjoy it a lot. I'm glad you guys invited me to to do this so I could read it because I would never have read this. Now, same thing with you, Elmer. I know we, you know, you just described most of it. So mo- mainly the thing is, what did you take from this story and where would you rate it? Uh, from a scale of one to 10? Because I know when we talked about doing this story, you were like, you were on board right away too. You yeah. were definitely in. I love this story. When it first came out, I was telling anybody who will listen to me to go find this book and read it because Jason Aaron is was killing it at the time. Even as the stuff after this, this series, I became a Thor fan because of this. You know, I haven't had so much fun reading Thor since the Simonson era back in the 80s. So this was just a great treat for me to just read this book. And, you know, the art was great, even though Will got me noticing the funny faces now in some of, the, in some of these panels. I'm like, what's up with Thor's face here? But yeah, like I really enjoyed this book. Like it, it showed a more human side to Thor, I think. Like his connection to, to Earth and like humanity and, and his fear and you never really saw that before with the Thor character. He was always the warrior, always going headfirst into whatever danger they were. He was facing or the Avengers were facing. But here, there was like this hesitation right. of him going all out until he knew what was exactly going on. You never seen Thor take his time leading to his actions. He was always going in it headfirst. So it was it was great to see that side of him. To see like he has these human qualities, but he's still like 
of God of Thunder. Okay. So I just love this story, man. I just love this book. It was great. And to reread it again for this episode is I was looking forward to it. Uh, all right. And then Will, what about you? What would you take out of this issue or story? And what would you rate it on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, for me, like getting to that endpoint and finally seeing how all of the time jumps are connected, it was really enticing. It really makes you eager to find out what happens in the future and like kind of shows you how the conflict has been going on for so long and explains how everything connects together, showing you that this is definitely one of Thor's longest running bad guys. One of his most intimidating vital enemies in his storylines. And I just love that whole thing at the end where Gore is explaining how he will, he, he like, because of what Thor has taught him, and what he's made him realized, he vows to save him for last, which means he's like, it shows the reason that he's alone in Asgard, that he is not letting him leave and he will not kill him until he has made sure that every god has been destroyed and butchered. Um, it's just fascinating. No. Now, on ranking it from one to 10, I feel like given the discussion that we've had about our top fives, it would be a bit hypocritical to give it a 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. just because like, I'll explain why, because I had uh, Avengers disassemble the story, the Thor storyline as my number one, because I love that story. It's, it's a great read. I definitely recommend it. But the reason that I don't give this like the perfect 10 out of 10 and it's my number one is because of how it ended and it left you wanting more. It didn't finish the story. So if it, if you fused God butcher and God bomb together and had it as all one big story, then for me, then it would definitely be the perfect 10 out of 10, possibly 11 or 12 out of 10. I will say just for how good it is, though, it's definitely a 9.9. .9. Well, <laughs> so for me, this one and God Bomb tied for first for me. And I think, it again, Jason, or, you know, this guy, the, the, the writer of this story, I'm, I blank on his name all the time. And I know it because I've read many stories of him and I still cannot remember his name. Um, I'm pulling it up, so just bear with me. Jason Aaron. I was thinking Jason Taylor. It's going to be Aaron <laughs> Taylor. But Jason Aaron, by far, brings a new concept to Thor that nobody has ever seen. Um, you know, it's just one, it's just like Walt Simonson brought his own twist to stories and twist to the mythology. Jason Aaron just did the same exact thing but made it even more creepier. And it was like Elmer said it perfectly, the slow burn to a good horror story is this. And I think this is perfect because again, you don't see gore in the first issue, but you start seeing some of the stuff that's happening. And it's like I say, you know, a lot of people trashed 
you know, because like we said, we did this story because of Gore the God Butcher being in Thor Love and Thunder. It's one of those things, it's like the first trailer I've heard a lot of people bash on. It's like, oh, they didn't show him. That was the best part of it. You don't see him. It sets you up to this point where why is Gore doing what he's doing? And it's so interesting to see it. Um, like I said, Gore, um, Gore the God or the God Butcher and God Bomb made my number one. I feel like you cannot look at the story and not think of both stories. You Can know, you imagine having to have read this single issue at a time? That would have drove me crazy. That's what I did. <laughs> and like every issue I was done, I was reading it like every time it came out, it was crazy. It takes 11 issues to yeah. do the two books. I would have been like out of my mind. <laughs> uh, I cherish that time though. It was yeah, great. No, it was great. But, but with both stories in hand, because that's why we said we want to leave you on that cliffhanger. We want you to read yeah. the story just as much as we loved reading the story. And that's why we said we would stop at issue five because I, and we kind of go into issue six a little bit because of Gore's backstory, but that's why we did the Quentin Tarantino. We started from the end and then we really went to the present. And if I had to rate this by far, I'm, I'm sorry, Will. I know you said you're like the total opposite of 9.9. I'm going to 11 out of 10. I love this story. This was a story, again, I agree with Fred. I was never a Thor fan. I never liked his stories other than like, when Beta Ray Bill showed up or things like that. I never liked Thor. I just thought, nah. And I never really cared for when Prince Hensworth came in to play him. I didn't care for him. He wasn't my guy. I just never liked his acting until Thor Ragnarok came around. Then I kind of was like, okay, I could get behind. Like, okay, this is Thor. This is what we know and love him about. But this story right here is what made me really enjoy Thor and that he could have more villains that even more fearful than characters like Loki or characters like um, the Frost Giants or things like that. There's more fearsome characters out there. And all it takes is somebody who had a pretty much was screwed by gods themselves. Um, by far, one of my favorite stories. It does make you think a lot. Um, you know, it, it does really make you think a lot about things, especially in the MCU where they're going to go with this, everything like that. Are they going to go this dark is another good question. So, but I want to thank our guests, Elmer and Fred, for joining in on the podcast. Um, Elmer, where can the fans find you? Um, most of our social media, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Pulled in D's, Facebook, at Pulled in D's Podcast. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, Pulled in D's, where we have skits videos of our podcast and some more fun stuff on there awesome and fred where can the fans find you you guys can find me on tiktok usually at comic scout or you can find me on instagram at comic underscore scout that's where i do my uh my you know weekly pickup videos my uh adventures to comic book stores me trying to complete my comic book runs uh yeah that's where i'm at that's where you can find me and you can always listen to Comic Talkers anywhere on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us and join in on the conversation anywhere on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Comic Talkers. And without further ado, my name is Brandon. And I'm William. And let comics always be the top of your discussion. <laughs>